It's my party and I'll dance if I want to. This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a rainy England. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your chocolate pancakes? Please let me know. As always, our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Yes, it is National It's My Party Day. But first of all, oh my goodness, what an adorable photograph in the chat room this morning that has really made my morning a teeny weeny little calf. Oh, Jacqueline, new life on the smart farm. That is so, so adorable. So were you up half the night then carving? Is that how that happened? What, oh, that's so adorable. That really has made me smile. It seems like it's made a lot of people smile. Good morning to everyone signing in. Actually, and on the subject of new life, I know I, I keep harping on about how I'm, I'm very, very tempted to get another dog. And my friends, my, my friend who is also the woman I bought my own lovely little Monty from, her dog has had another litter. And I have posted pictures of the pups before and gone on and on about how I really, really would love to get another dog. But take a look at these puppies. I mean, aren't they just adorable aren't they just so sweet i mean could you really resist if it were you oh my goodness i'm I'm putting some pictures in the chat room now okay take a look that tell me honestly could you could you resist the pull of those tiny little eyes there um oh it's a goat so it's not a calf it's a goat what do you call a baby goat then help me with this one um i've suddenly thought i've I've never really thought about that Uh, do goats have lambs I'm showing my crass ignorance. This is very embarrassing. Oh, Sergeant J.U.S.M.C. Fitting that the first day of voting to defeat Ohio issue issue one, the sexual freedom amendment is on the feast of the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of God. Pray work for the defeat of issue one. Okay. Ah, and there's a picture of Jacqueline. There you are with with the little goat. Oh, what a sweetie. Um. Okay, Maggie is admitting that those pups are pretty adorable. Yes, oh gosh. But you don't need our permission to get another one. <laughs> I know. I, I was just, um, I was, you know, saying that, you know, having a bit of an affirmation from the lovely Crusader family, you know. Okay, sorry, a goat has kids. Of course it does, because um, when we were children, we were always told to say children, not kids. It said, if you were a kid, then I'd be a goat. So I should have remembered that. There we go. Dolings and bucklings, kids. There we go. Um, Maggie's saying, yes, just don't buy a stroller for them both. I will never be that person who carries my dogs around in a pram or or a a baby push chair. I promise. Um, Though I do have a little thing, a bit like a sling that you can put a tiny dog in just because embarrassingly enough little dogs they do get tired really quickly their little legs can't keep up for very long they rush around for about five minutes and then start to get tired and then they just need carrying about so i've got a little little sling to put them in that's the closest to any kind of baby equipment i would ever go with a little dog i promise zeke these are your two oh that's just lovely 
that you see, Jacqueline, you are educating me. I didn't know about dolings and bucklings. That's really adorable. Thank you. Um, and King Dude is saying, blessed to travel on feast day of my queen, Ave Maria. Great. Yes, those are very cute dogs. Um, yes, Zeke saying, can't let Jacqueline have a total monopoly on cute animal photos. <laughs> and Denise is saying, Ave Maria, travel safely, King Dude. Um, I don't know how far you are traveling, how long the journey is, but I'm guessing since this is America, we're talking about it is a long journey. Everything by British standards looks like a long journey, uh, considering I moan if I have to travel a whole hour and a half, a whole hour and a half down to my parents. Would you believe um, Zeke saying, oh, we had a litter of 10. Would you like four or five? Ten, ten puppies. Really? Gosh. No, don't, don't tempt me. I'm, I'm in enough trouble as it is um, trying to trying to get rid of the, the doggy owner broodiness or whatever. Um, the King dude, you're going, to, you're going to Lafayette, L.A. to Boston, 1,300 miles. Are you actually driving all that way or are you going to take a plane? Do people drive that far? Um, here we are. You see, I'm learning. I'm not sure my poor little Honda could cope with it. Jacqueline saying, oh, unfortunately, it's a buckling. I have no use for him, but my milk production is going down so this is good right oh well but he's he's very sweet i mean dare i say it <clears throat> you see you have no use for him i feel treacherous even suggesting this because he is so very very adorable um you can have goat stew and things can't you and goat curry um no i'm gonna move this, this conversation on now that's fine yes day okay in whose honor would you like to hold a party it seems like Aunt Our Lady might be a good, you know, good person in in whose honour to hold a party today. But if you could just throw a party, if money was no object, who would you throw it for? Or perhaps a special event? Or do you really need an excuse to hold a party? Do you just enjoy the party? Are you the life and soul of the party or do you hate the things? Just asking. Answers in the chat room, or you could even phone me if you like on 844-527-8723. Jacqueline saying, wow, that suggestion came from Fiorella. I don't believe I actually said it, <laughs> but it was, you know, I was, just, I was just trying to be helpful, you know, as one possibly future farmer to another actual farmer. You know, I, I, I just, there we are. No, no, he, he's so adorable. Could you, couldn't you turn him into a bit like Babe? Couldn't you turn him into a, a sheep goat? I'm sure that could be done. That's a really good idea, actually. Why not turn him into a sheep goat or a livestock protection goat? I mean, goats can be pretty fierce, can't they? There we go. I thought of a, a, a non-lethal use for that very, very adorable little buckling. There we go. Yes. So are you the life and soul of the party or do you hate parties? Do you do everything possible to avoid a party? There is no right or wrong answer to this question. You either love them or hate them. I'm seeing here that today is also Take Your Parents to Lunch Day, National Fossil Day and National Sausage Pizza, Pizza Day. Um, before anybody makes fun of my accent or um, starts talking about pineapple, you never put pineapple on a sausage pizza. And why would you put sausage and, and pineapple on the same dish anyway? There we go. Someone is now going to put a photograph in the chat room. Dr. Torres is going to put a photograph in the chat room, I predict of a dish involving pineapple and sausage. You know, what would, would someone bet me a, a donation? Mm -hmm. You know, if Dr. Torres puts a picture of a dish 
particularly a pizza with with uh, pineapple and sausage on it will they press that donate button there we are um national take your parents to lunch day now that's a very nice idea is this something you would do or your children would do for you um, the, the problem I would have is that my mother has so many allergies, I'd be scared to death. We'd just end up eating cucumber sticks the whole time. Um, Maggie is saying, our neighbours across the way here in Walsingham West have the cutest little donkey making me want one. As soon as we start building here, I'm definitely going to get a few dogs, one for my comfort and a few to guard the property. There we are. Oh, this sounds so homely. Maggie, it sounds like you're going to have a really cosy place in Walsingham West with, with dogs and and a donkey. Donkeys are lovely animals and they, they get a very unfair press, by the way, because donkeys have a reputation for being stubborn. And that is not true because donkeys, in fact, just have a very, very strong self-preservation instinct. A horse can be trained to do almost anything, even if it is dangerous. A donkey will simply say no, or nay, or whatever. But they will definitely not do something they know to be dangerous, even if it makes the owner extremely annoyed. So I have a lot of time for donkeys. Um. And Zeke saying dogs are such great companions. They are, you see. This is why I've become a dog person. I, I'd probably have about six dogs given a choice. Um, but I, I might have to choose between six dogs and my husband. I'm not sure he could cope with that, understandably. Dr. Torres, I was an extrovert in my early 20s, thanks to Spirits and Mary Jane. Now I have returned to my introversion. Leave me alone with the book. Parties are exhausting. And why do there have to be so many throughout the year? It's interesting because I think, Dr. Torrance, I went the other way. I used to hate parties when I was growing up. I mean, really loathed them. It was always a big relief if I was the one who wasn't invited to the party. I just, I didn't like the noise. I hated being put on the spot, surrounded by people. Just didn't like it. Everything about it used to make me extremely stressed. And um, in fact, I didn't even like having parties for myself. I, I didn't like to have birthday parties and things like that. I was given a surprise party for my 18th and I had to be physically restrained from running away. I found the idea of entering a room full of cheering people just terrifying. Uh, but now I, I do like a good party. But I suppose as an adult, you have a bit more choice in terms of who's at the party and which parties you go to. As a child, it tends to be, you're going to, you're going to Millicent's, your tenth birthday party. Um, aren't you lucky? And it's a um, a vegan fancy dress party or something. You know. Uh, now it's it's just a bit different, isn't it? Uh, this is what I think. Or maybe you're more confident as you get older. But I do still quite like a nice quiet evening in. I think since having children, you really appreciate that. So my ideal party would probably be one with a room dedicated to books, so I could slip in and out of the party. If it got a bit too much, I could come and open a book and just relax and then go back to the party. There we are. Um, Zeke, oh, hang on, <laughs> just a minute. Um, Dr. Torres is saying it's National Fossil Day. Hey, all you old people. Yes, fossils. Let, let's, let's put in a good word for fossils, shall we, of, of um, both the human and ammonite variety. It is 24 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. And you could also take a little stroll to the Founders Trading Post if 
national it's my party day doesn't suit you could go and buy a book or two by Fiorella de Maria and have a nice evening in with an improving book how does that sound or you could even press that little donate button in the chat room that would be lovely poor old king dude he's off traveling 1300 miles to boston let him go with a few big donations just to speed his way it's a long way to Boston, I, I gather. Um, Zeke, a day for me. Thank you, Dr. Torres. Yes, a, a national fo- you could combine, couldn't you? National Fossil Day with It's My Party Day and celebrate the joys of decrepitude. I mean, there must be some benefits to getting older. I, I mean, you can keep the arthritis, but there have got to be other reasons why you know, all that wisdom, you know, all those regrets. Um, or, you know, I don't know, having younger people to do things for you. Um, okay, the, the, there's got to be a good reason to get older. Can someone please give the benefits of getting older? I need to hear them. It's going to be my birthday quite soon and another year passes by. Um, Denise, I'm saying I've never been an ex- extrovert, but like Dr. Torres, did a lot of stupid stuff. Now my life is exhausting with Jacob's needs. This is it. I think when you're looking after children... The urge to go out and socialise just completely disappears. I mean, I'm usually tucked up in bed with a a mug of cocoa and a book at about eight o'clock because I have to be up at quarter past four. I I can't be up very late. I start to get grumpy and fed up and depressed if I'm up later than nine. So if I'm going to go to a party, it can't be a late one. It probably has to be a lunch party. Now, lunch parties, that is a good idea. Uh, good morning, Lady Bellamine. Dr. Torres, I've got a book for a night of reading. It's only come to mind since the new hot war in Israel. Oh, gosh. Um, what is it? Hitler's Mufti and the Rise of Radical Islam. Gosh, that looks really terrifying. I'm not sure I'm quite brave enough for that, Dr. Torres, particularly at the moment. Um Maggie saying, speaking of children and activities, just hearing my nephew's football and baseball and school schedule have been giving me anxiety. When I had three children, all in extracurricular activities, I didn't think anything of it. As we get older, the hustle and bustle just doesn't seem appealing. Yeah, um, I I get that. I think that this is the thing. Um, At the moment, I'm absolutely in the thick of it. Mostly skating, but not just skating and, you know, chess club and this rehearsal and that rehearsal and Latin class, particularly when you're homeschooling. Um, Every time you sign them up to something new, that's another taxi service you're going to be um, providing on this day or that day or or whatever. And oh, park run is another thing that's just started. I can see, though, that once I'm out of this perpetual cycle, it will be a bit like falling off a roundabout. I'll just feel dizzy and exhausted and not want to get back on again. Maggie saying everyone in my house knows not to invite me to anything that will go past 7 p.m. Zeke, yes, farming hours, 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, don't bother me after that hour. It's funny, isn't it, how you, you just you adjust your timetable accordingly. When I first started doing the very early starts, I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll go to bed my usual time, about half past 10, that's okay, and I'll have a little nap during the day. You know, a siesta in the afternoon, which is what I would have done before. But do you know something? It just didn't work, because in Britain, people don't siesta. 
it's just not it's just not a thing people do so people phone you or people knock at the door and things happen even if you switch your phone off someone will ring the doorbell whereas if you live in a country where everybody goes to sleep at about two o'clock people just know not to disturb you so the siesta thing just didn't happen and in any any case i would i'd be halfway through something i think oh no i've got to finish this i've got to finish that oh i'll have a nap when i've i've got my thousand words done i'll have a nap when i've recorded this fiorella files episode and 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 suddenly it's the evening so it just didn't work i had to completely readjust um Zeke, still farming hours are better than radio host hours. Some days sounds like the King Dude works 2 a.m. to 1 a.m., lol. Maggie, exactly. We get up at 3 a.m. and I go to bed around 7.30 and the King Dude goes to bed, well, whenever he finishes this one last thing, which can be any hour, it's not good for you. You know, you do actually start to go mad. If There was, there was a time um, when I was comfortably living on say four to five hours sleep a night and it's really really not good for you i collapsed in the middle of a busy road they actually thought i had a heart problem it was quite scary and then came to the conclusion it was just exhaustion you simply can't burn the candle at both ends perpetually so king dude for goodness sake get some sleep please you know for the sake of your future health um i don't think i'd be a very good personal trainer i don't think i've got the bedside manner of just be just do something about it get more sleep smoke fewer cigars you know um you know what you have to do maggie same just let me say hi let me eat a little bit and let me get back to my book or the animals yes <laughs> why do some people like sit at a gathering for hours i'm there for the food some hellos and then my quick goodbye or maybe even an irish goodbye what's an irish goodbye i need to know this um what I don't like, do you know, my, my pet hate, okay, my, my, my little bugbear about parties is when the goodbyes take forever, when a person starts to say, right, I really should be going, and then it takes literally an hour between, I really ought to be going to, to walking out of the door. I've never quite understood how that happens. Um, oh, the Irish goodbye... So this is a thing, is it? Okay, Dr. Torres is a term used for someone who leaves a party without saying goodbye to anyone. You may also have heard an Irish exit, a French, ex a French exit or Dutch leave. Okay. Um, Scotty Bobby saying my wife and I attended a fundraiser last week that started at 5.30 to 9 o'clock. Way too long for my taste. Well, I think one of the weirdest parties, I, I mean, somewhere like Cambridge, there were a lot of... Um, a lot of weird parties, frankly. There was one party I went to. It was actually a, a Trinity academic, a, a mathematician. Okay, so it was always going to be a bit um, alternative. And they lived in a very smart house. So we all turned up, done up to the nines, you know, dinner jackets and you know, tuxedos to you and um, ladies in, in cocktail dresses. And then the hostess insisted we all take our shoes off. because we said, well, we've got a terribly nice cream carpet we've just put in. We don't want it getting messy. Now... When I was a child, people didn't take their shoes off or, weren't it, or guests weren't expected to take their shoes off anyway. Obviously, we would take our shoes off and put slippers on, but you wouldn't expect guests to take their shoes off. Um, but this has just become a thing. So we're in this very, very formal environment done up to the nines in our stockinged feet. And it did look really, really odd. And I don't know if this has just become so commonplace that nobody notices anymore, but it just looked strange. All, all the ladies taking their high heels off and their, you know, their skirts being too long because they're designed for 
use if you're wearing high heels. It, it just was a mess. Yeah. Um, what's this? Hang on. Oh, Maggie says, I always just say they ducked out on us. My aunt does that at every single family event. Well, I always thought it was rude not to say goodbye to the hostess. I was thought you should at least say goodbye to the hostess. You don't have to work the room and say goodbye to absolutely everyone. But, you know, say goodbye to your hostess. Um, anyway, we've got to go to an ad break on that happy talking about parties. But keep thinking parties. Tell me more about your ideal party or your not ideal party or your weirdest party experience. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. Our call is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me. Do join the conversation. The Early Show will continue in a few moments here on the Crusade Channel. Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Broadcast at midday. For those of you just joining us, you are listening to The Early Show with your hostess from across the pond, Fiorella de Maria. Our call in telephone number is 844 527 8723. That's 844 527 8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do jo- join the conversation, do have a little chat with me. I hope you're enjoying a hearty breakfast. We had big fluffy pancakes this morning because my daughter Francesca has a big mathematics exam this afternoon. So please, pretty please, say a few prayers for her. She's very scared of numbers and figures and algebra. So this is not her favorite exam. If you have missed the first segment, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. And we have been talking about National It's My Party Day. This seems to be a popular subject or a really, really not popular subject, but one which we really need to have a chat about. Parties. Are you the life and soul? Can you not stand a party? Who would you like 
to host a party for? Is there someone in your life who you think really deserves a party? What's your favourite kind of party? A fancy dress party, perhaps? A bouncy castle soft play party? I tell you what, I think there should be grown-up soft play centres where those of us who never grew up with soft play can go and play around in ball pits and things like that. Just my feeling. I also meant to say thank you so much for all your help yesterday in choosing some Spanish music for my daughter. She was told to do a themed routine for her next skating routine for the, the new season. And I don't know very much about Spanish and Latino music, so I asked for some suggestions. I tell you what, the Gypsy Kings were lovely. I really liked of Volare. Unfortunately, the coach didn't, but they have now found a piece of music they really like. So we're now having all the fun of designing the costume. Lots of red, I guess, for a Spanish costume. Red sort of flamenco style uh, style wear. So it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a nice project. So thank you very much. Um, Lots of comments in the chat room, as I expected there might be. Um, Jacqueline saying, regardless and staying up late i had an epiphany i was so tired and overwhelmed between farm and school i felt so guilty for procrastinating because i'm so tired it was pointed out to me i wasn't procrastinating i was prioritizing so that's my excuse now i think that's great and maggie's aunt always leaves a family event without saying goodbye it's called an irish goodbye i gather she said it would take too long for goodbye so she just leaves without saying anything to anyone (laughs) Zeke saying, I like your style, Jacqueline. I'm going to use that excuse too. Dr. Torres is, I'm with your aunt, Maggie. I hate having to say goodbye to everyone at a party. There's usually at least 10 to 15 people I have to say bye to. King Dude, it takes me 30 minutes to leave a party. That is just what I mean. Exactly. Um, Denise, um, I'm with Maggie. Don't invite me to anything that goes past seven or maybe even six. Yeah, I think lunch parties are definitely the way forward for the early starters. Um, Dr Torres now give us a little Bill Evans King Dude his song Peace Peace is apropos it's one of my favourite little jazz piano pieces I love the fact that Evans always had a cigarette hanging from his lips as he played well when I heard the intro music just then I thought okay that's the music uh, that I get if the King Dude didn't have time to find a piece of music to annoy me with um Oh, Paul C is saying to leave a party without saying goodbye is to Batman. I didn't know Batman was a verb. That is very good to know. Okay, it's to Batman. Uh, Denise M saying algebra was okay. Geometry, however, was the worst. Yes. um, What my daughter says is it's, it's funny because I've got one daughter who absolutely hates maths and another one who loves it. The one who hates maths says that she finds anything abstract confusing. Something just involving real numbers, you know, division, multiplication, anything like that, she can visualise it. Yes, three times three equals nine. That makes sense. Once it gets to formulas and letters and things like that, she has simultaneous equations, she just gets completely lost. Um, Maggie's saying, I wait in the car for the king dude for all things from the end of mass to a party to just going to the grocery store. He will speak to anyone for any length of time. Do you know, you really surprised me, Maggie. I, I never got the impression that the King Dude might be a, a chatterbox. Yeah, these, these revelations. 
Oh no, the King Tooth, this is great. I had a dreadful piece of music, but iTunes refused to connect and play for the second day running. See, iTunes is on my side iTunes is on the side of my blood pressure. Isn't that just wonderful? Second day running, the King Dude could not play the music he was trying to play. There we go. You see, my guardian angel is interfering with iTunes, conspiring against you, the King Dude. There we go. Anyway, (laughs) did we have something serious to talk about today? I'm pretty sure we did. Yes, indeed. Well, it is the feast day today. There's quite a few... um, Dr. Torres. Ah, what was that? No. I'm getting the dreadful music now. I knew it was going to happen. Um, King Dude, a chatterbox, say it ain't so. Um, today's the feast day. There's many, there's many feast days today, but one of the f- saints we remember today is Saint Maria Soledad, about whom I knew nothing before I very quickly read up her biography. And what I find astonishing is that she was born in 1826, died in 1887, and she was a very pious child. She used to, when she was when she was a child, she used to gather other children together to have little processions for Our Lady and things like that. And she desperately wanted to enter the contemplative life. She felt very called to the contemplative life. But she, when she applied for admittance to the Dominicans, she had to join a waiting list. She had to wait for a vacancy because the convent was full. And in fact, it was because of the, this chance of, uh, you know, that she was never going to be able to enter the Dominicans that she contacted a priest who uh, gathered her and a number of young women together. And they took vows and he more or less set up his own congregation I'm always astonished when I read about ages past when it was difficult for a man or woman to enter the priesthood or the religious life because there were too many vocations. There were not enough spaces in seminaries and convents and monasteries to accommodate the sheer volume of young people wishing to enter the religious life. How on earth did that happen? And the same was true in Willie Doyle's day. I remember when I had Father Hogan on the program and you know we were talking about this and he said, oh, there were too many vocations. And I said, so could you say that again, please? There were too many vocations. How did we get from that to this? Now, well, there's so many things that have gone wrong. But it just thinking of St. Maria Soledad, how do we make answering a vocation that attractive again because i don't believe for a second the holy spirit has stopped calling people you know i don't think it's there really is a shortage of vocations i think there is a shortage of people taking up their vocations answering their vocations and the fact is it was never an easy option we can't say oh well in the past it was easy and it wasn't it was much harder to enter the religious life in the past Uh, i mean the religious life itself was harsher so how do we how do we try somehow or other just to to make vocations more attractive just to get young people really to consider it seriously um they started years ago a national vocations office over here now i think it's probably got a little better over the years when it first started um 
I remember the whole idea was, are you brave enough? And I wrote an article about it saying, are you sad enough? Because everything about the materials that National Vacations Office were putting out was so unbelievably tedious. I didn't believe any young person could be inspired. I was a young person myself at the time. And I just said, look, it sounds like they're recruiting social workers. There is nothing about the way they are portraying the priesthood and the religious life to make it look any different from taking up any other job which does not require a lot of self-sacrifice and the rest so they're doing something horrendously wrong and yet there are other organizations that are having a lot more success because they are portraying the vocation to the religious life in a much more realistic way frankly it's not attractive way a realistic way this is what this is what it means. It's it's a challenge and it's a beautiful challenge. Giving your life to God is a challenge and you will you know you will never look back. You are needed. Our parishes are empty. You are needed. There are souls out there you know who who need the sacraments, who who need you to be there for them. You know, God may be calling you. Have you considered this? Um Here we go. What on earth? Sorry, I've I've got. Sometimes I just forget to update the chat room, and I suddenly I see all these. What are those shoes doing? Um. Oh, I see. Hang on a second. Um. <laughs> back to maths. Um. Philip is saying geometry was the only maths I liked because people like them pictures. Yeah, I quite like geometry, but I got muddled by the time we got to sort of the angles of three D shapes and things. Doctor Torres is saying I've got the. Um, plantar fasciitis fasciitis in my left foot good heavens it's is it time for orthopedic shoes oh i see that's an orthopedic shoe yes um yeah like z comes saying to you dr torres happy fossil day um oh dear scotty bobby saying careful dr torres you'll be wearing shoes with velcros and dr torres pointing out you just can't make those shoes look cool nope um Roll it out with a golf ball while you're sitting. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, well, yes, I, I, I'd say steer clear of those. Um, when I first got arthritis, I was advised to go to this particular shop to get my shoes. And it was so obviously the old lady shop. I just stepped through the door and I realised I brought the average age of customer down by about 500 years. And I just thought, no. No, 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 no. Thank you very much. I'll find some other way to stop myself limping without buying these monstrosities. And eventually I found a shoe manufacturer. They do really good, comfortable, solid ladies' shoes, which don't look like they belong in the cupboard of a hospital. It, they actually were quite nice to wear. There's, there's always an alternative have to be cool but they don't have to be geriatric let's face it um maggie from our little congregation in mandeville la our lady of mount carmel formerly sister natalie now sister tomesa one of seven newly vested benedictines of mary queen of apostles that oh she is so beautiful and so full of joy look at that radiant face that is so beautiful and that you know one of seven newly invested Benedictines. You see, there are the vocations. That makes my point exactly. What a beautiful photograph. Thank you for sharing. 
Philip is saying the Institute of Christ the King is constantly trying to expand to meet the space requirements for vocations. In addition, their training isn't free. Seminarians pay like regular college. So that was just last weekend, Maggie. Oh, Maggie, and that's that's her in her in her beautiful bridal wear. Um, and you've known oh, King Dude saying, I've known that little girl since she was ten. Oh, that is just that is just so beautiful. I, I'm I feel quite moved. I think. You must be so proud seeing a little girl grow up to embrace a vocation like that. She does look just so beautiful and so happy. She should be on every vocations poster. Um, Dr. Shaw is saying, Fiorella Files is approaching the topic I posted overnight. It's, it's an impossible topic to avoid. Um, Denise, what's this? This is a wedding. Um Oh, Paul is saying, I did not know that the women wear a wedding dress for that ceremony makes sense. Yes, I think they um, they have got rid of that practice. A lot of religious orders have got rid of that practice, but it is actually a very beautiful practice because of being the bride of Christ. Um, and some time ago, um, I was watching a period drama with my husband and they showed a woman, a young woman entering the novitiate and she's in a, few, a full um wedding dress and, and veil. And he said, did they really dress like that? I said, well, yes, Brides of Christ, of course. You know, it's your wedding day. Um, her uh, King Dude is saying, her mother is Kathy and her dad is Philip. Wonderful parents of eight children. Oh, wow. They must be so, so proud of her. Uh, Denise M saying, didn't attend, but they go to our TLM. Uh, King Dude saying, the boys all serve at the altar. I wonder how many future priests there are in that family as well. Um, Dr. Torres, religion and liberty online, laudate deum, or is the Catholic Church just another NGO? Um, I have not read uh, laudate deum, to be honest. I've sort of, my heart sinks even thinking about doing so. I will, however, read it. But what I am hearing, um, I don't, I never like to comment on any text unless I have read it myself. What I'm hearing is that there's very little about it that refers that refers to God. It, it could be written by anyone. And interestingly, last week there was a CAFOD appeal, Catholic Aid for Overseas Development. Now, um, it was at our parish. CAFOD is quite a popular Catholic charity in Britain, and I don't like it at all for all sorts of reasons, partly because of things that CAFOD employees have said to me privately, which has made me extremely wary of giving money to the organization shall we say but also because years ago i wrote an article warning about the pro-abortion agenda of the millennium development goals and i was accused publicly and in writing of being a liar by CAFOD. they didn't even do me the you know for, for a catholic charity who's supposed to be interested in the truth they did not even do me the courtesy of contacting me and asking if i would discuss my research they simply branded me a liar and then came overall hurt when I wrote, wrote to them protesting. So I don't like CAFOD very much. But, you know, I am aware that I'm, I'm sure in the middle of all that they are doing some good work. But the priest pointed out that their material contains no reference to Christianity at all. It could be any aid organisation. And it doesn't make an aid organization bad if it doesn't mention God. But there is something extremely suspect about a Catholic organization that does not mention Catholicism at all. So he said he, he protested so some years ago. He noticed this and he, he protested. 
And the following year, their promotional material involved nuns. So he thought maybe they'd got the message. And then this year, nothing again. Um, and it's, what's the point? You know, wh why try to create Catholicism without the Catholicism? You could just do secularism. It makes no sense to me at all. So, um, yes, I will read Laudato Deum as my maybe weekend penance. Do you know, it's my birthday on Sunday, so can you give me, like, give me the weekend off? Well, I will, I will read Laudato Deum and try and say something halfway sensible about it. Um, but I think one of the points that a priest made once in um, in a homily, and he was so um, he was so fond of the church's teachings that he got pushed out of the parish, which says something about that parish, really. But he made the point that he quite often hears parents say, "Oh, I wouldn't stop my son if my son wanted to be a priest. I would do nothing to stop him." And he said, "Well, that's lovely, but uh, that's not enough. Have you ever spoken to your son about the priesthood?" You know, have you have you ever suggested to your son that it it might be a possibility? You know, do you pray for your son? How would you genuinely feel? Would you be overjoyed if your son told you he wanted to apply to seminary? You know, interesting questions. Oh, Denise, happy early birthday! Thank you. Um, I am. I was going to say I'm really looking forward to my birthday. Though, of course, um, I will be spending most of my birthday at guess where. The ice rink, because there is a skating competition in the afternoon. But do you know, the ice rink is practically home, so this counts as a, as a familiar, a happy setting for me. Um, Dr. Torres has posted comments about this um, by Samuel Gregg about Laudato Deum. Unfortunately, the latest such papal commentary, the apostolic exhortation Laudato Deum, fits this pattern minus the first paragraph, a few paragraphs towards the end, two mentions of Francis of Assisi, and a grand total of three references to Jesus Christ in just over 7,000 words. The document would easily pass for something produced by a secular environmentalist group making a presentation to a congressional subcommittee. Yeah, that, that is exactly my problem um, with so many. And, and what I have noticed in Britain, and I'm sure there's a similar trend in the States, is that a lot of traditionally Catholic organisations are now changing their names to make themselves sound more secular. Like the Catholic Children's Society has now become the Cabrini Children's Society, named after the founder and, and stuff like that. It's like, oh, gosh, this is really embarrassing. We're not going to mention who we are because it might put you off. It is two minutes past the hour you are listening to The Early Show with Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. And I said that I thought at some point in the show, Dr. Torres or somebody would post a picture of a food involving pineapple and sausage, because I said that in honour of National Sausage Pizza Day, it's the one pizza you could never put pineapple on. And I was pretty sure that somebody would try to disprove this. And as a bet, I said, if somebody does that, would somebody else press the donate button? Just a thought. Um, we have been talking about National It's My Party Day. Do you love a party, hate a party? What's your favourite kind of party? Do you think parties should be? Do you think we should party all the time? Um, and also asking the awkward question of how do we encourage vocations? It's the feast day of Saint Maria Soledad, who 
was invited to join a new congregation. This was back in the 1800s because there was a waiting list to join the Dominicans. She felt called to the contemplative life, but she could not join the Dominicans because there was no space because there were too many vocations. And uh, this happens. Uh, This happened, but rarely does now. Philip is saying, whenever my son and I talk about his future, I remind him the religious life is an opportunity as well. Well, I've actually encouraged my oldest son, he's going to be 18 next year, to consider they have these Considering Vocations weekends at our local Benedictine monastery. And they're very, uh, very relaxed in that they don't get you to sign up while you're there. But the idea is to give young men the opportunity to experience monastic life and experience life in community. And I've really encouraged my son to go along to one of these weekends once he turns 18, because what I said to him is, when you explore the religious life, even if you realize that you are not called that way, it will quite possibly guide you in the right direction. Uh, When I was a teenager, I spent time living in a convent and working in a convent hospital in the Holy Land. That's why my my heart is breaking today over what is happening in the Holy Land. Um, And I've said this before, I loved the nuns. They were just such wonderful, wonderful women. I feel emotional just remembering them. But I also realized quite early that this just was not where I was being called. I didn't know where I was being called at that point, but I knew it wasn't there. I knew that was not the path, but it was not wasted time at all. It was an incredibly valuable experience, spiritually and in every sense. So I really, really encourage young people to go along to these events without feeling worried. Because my son was like, oh, if I go along, will they expect me to become a monk? Will they keep pestering me? I said, no, no, no just go along and just experience it, you know, don't panic. Um, Jen Dobre, Cesare, Jen Dobre. Um, here we go, we're going back to pineapple and pizza. Um, Justin's saying, I would put pineapple on that pizza. My daughter's favourite is awfully close to that. She likes pineapple and bacon on her pizza. Well, I suppose that's not much different to, to ham and pineapple, is it? Um, but no, I just can't do it. Maggie, the brothers and sisters at the St. Benedict Centre in New Hampshire will let your child hang out for a long period of time to see what the life is about. I think that's a really good thing. Um, I, I really think that's a very good idea. And in fact, I have certainly come across stories of men and women who have done that. Who um, There was one um, American woman, as it happened, who joined, uh, I think it was it was the Benedictines. I can't remember which Benedictine convent in, in Britain it was. And she wasn't sure. She felt this very strong call towards the religious life, but she wasn't quite sure that the contemplative life was for her or whatever. So they said, oh, come, come and spend some time with us. And she went to stay with them. And she found she didn't want to leave. And she stayed and she stayed and she stayed and she stayed. And eventually said, I don't want to go. This is my home. I feel as if I've come home. That's why I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave my home. And so at that point, she then became a postulant and started to go through the process. And she said it was heartbreaking because besides the fact that she was entering a convent, she was also in another country. And her family came to see her and begged her to come home with them. 
really begged her to leave, didn't want her to be there. And that must have been so hard. That must have been so heartbreaking because she must have felt as if she had to choose between two families. But there she was all those years later. Um, Scotty Bobby, I like pineapple, but not on pizza. Good man. Yes, I love pineapple. I, I, I really like pineapple. I like it. Um, I like it as a sauce on Jamaican food. Um, I like it in cake. I like it in puddings. I like it with ice cream. I like it on pretty much anything other than a pizza. There we go. We, we, it's all right. Let, let's talk about fossils. Let's talk about parties. Let's talk about vacations. Let's talk about anything other than pineapple on pizza. Um, sorry to have mentioned it, but nobody has put a picture up of sausage and pineapple. So it looks like the donations button may be a little bit neglected today. Sorry about that, King Dude. Now, I have to say this. I just remembered there's something I have got to say before it gets any later. Two things that I promised I would say. One, I mentioned this yesterday and the day before, but this is my last opportunity to do so. Tomorrow, Thursday, the 12th of October, big day in London. Joe Clovis will be leading the I Hope London group outside IPPF's HQ. International Planned Parenthood Federation have their international HQ in London, of all places. And so they are going to be praying the rosary outside that HQ. Now, obviously, you can't get to London in time, but prayer is universal. Please, please do join Joe and his group in prayer. Do offer a decade of the rosary for this intention. Um, very, very important. I think there is a huge spiritual battle going on in London at the moment. Um, yeah, oh, and so no, we're going, we're going straight back to, to food. Um, Dr. is pineapple, bacon, ham, all on pizza. Lovely, just lovely and delicious. Oh, Dr. Torres, no. Give me, give me Fiorentina pizza with, with a nice egg. How is that? With a nice runny fried egg. I suppose it's a baked egg technically in the middle and spinach. The King Dude is pointing out this chat room used to generate thousands of dollars. Look, if I'm going to hang on to my show, I'm going to have to you know, sing for my supper, my breakfast. Um, so could, could we start doing that again? You know, thousands of dollars from the chat room. That would be nice. Maybe if we just had a thousand. Look, we've got six minutes before crosstalk. Someone's got to want to press that donate button, you know, or... You might tune in on Friday and I won't be here because I'll have been laid off. There we are. Um, or you might wish to make a donation uh, on the donation on the on the, the provider that I don't say anything else. Every week, thousands of dollars. Really? King dude, honestly. OK, uh, let's go back to food. I'm, I'm not great at money. Look, we the channel needs money. Just do something. OK, there we are. That's my marketing. Um, Maggie's saying, what about a pulled pork pizza with pineapple and bar barbecue sauce? Would any of you try that? Not with the pineapple, everything else, but not the pineapple. Denise, um, no thanks. Pulled pork with barbecue by itself. Yes, that's it. And pizza on the side, maybe. Okay, yes. You could have the pizza as a kind of cheese and tomato, like margarita style side dish with the pulled pork separately. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Um Cesare, I'll be chauffeuring some people tomorrow, one of them coming from Europe. Not as important like your passenger, though. Paul C. Maggie, no, even the picture of it. Oh, right. OK, somebody has put a picture of the, the dreaded combination in the chat room. Someone needs to donate now and maybe make it go away. 
there's a thought maggie if somebody donates will you remove the photograph there we go so sorry it was before by dynamics Final, yes, final thing I have got to say before cross-talk, and I'm running out of time as always. Now, yesterday I was discussing, as Maggie said, she will remove that photograph if somebody donates. Please, somebody save my culinary sanity and make a donation. I was going to say it could be a dollar if you like, but make it, make it a bit more than a dollar, but for goodness sake, please press that button. Oh, dear, I can't face that. Um, now... <laughs> Yesterday in Crosstalk, for some bizarre reason, I can't remember how we got onto the subject, we started talking about the pyramids and the mystery of how the pyramids got built and how old are they and all of the rest. Well, I happen to have read an article which states they think they have worked out how the Egyptians built the pyramids, I mean, how they actually moved that quantity of stone. And the theory has been put forward because the, the question is always, you know, how did people with no technology, with no modern infrastructure, no outside help build these monstrous creations? One stone weighs around 2.5 tons, every single stone. And there are around 2.3 million of these blocks per pyramid. OK, so how was it done? The theory is... Uh, that it was a tributary river that was used to float the stones down. That there was a waterway there that has long, long since dried up. It's because a lab in France analysed samples of the soil for pollen and vegetation and found it was pollen and vegetation most commonly found around the Nile. So the feeling is, yes, there was um, a tributary of the Nile that was used as a waterway to get those stones down there. And that may be how it was done. And that makes so much sense because water is a very good way to move pretty much anything. So there we are. King Dude mystery is solved. King Dude saying, if we start a war. Oh, here we go. Just a minute. Um. If we start a war, Biden will send us do dollars, 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 lots of dollars. Um, Five dollars minimum. OK, donation. All right. If, if everybody did that. Yeah. If everybody gave five dollars, I mean, that would be a start, wouldn't it? Joe, London, UK. Thank you, Farella, for the invite to you, your listeners, to pray with us in London tomorrow. We start with the Angelus. So if you could say it at 12 midday, we will be in sync. I'll send a message to the South Africans if I can tomorrow. Now, wouldn't that be beautiful if you could be saying the Angelus during the show? That would be that would be really beautiful. Yes. So absolutely, we'll be saying the Angelus. Um, the Angelus is one of my favorite prayers anyway. So uh, Justin's saying, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. Um, Scotty Bobby saying, just received new property tax valuation. County says value increased 120,000 in one year. More Bidenomics with inflation. Um, yes, King Dude is saying we say Angelus every day at noon. You know you can get an app which rings a bell when it's time to say the Angelus, which I rather like. Joe saying I'm now working outside just before the rains come in about two hours. Thanks, King Dude. Um, Cesare, I promise big donation tomorrow, but there is just one caveat. Me not being on the show, isn't it? Yes, okay. Yes, well, that's that's whatever. 
Mike, are you there? I are. Hooray. Five dollar minimum. The, the the script won't allow anything anything less than five dollars. Okay. You have right, to put a you have to put a minimum and a maximum into the program. Right. And it can't be zero. So I pick five dollars. Okay, everyone heard that. Five dollars. But but Caesarie is also picking me up. Yes. Sorry, no, he's, that's a special passenger. I didn't get No, the no, no, no. He doesn't think I'm special anymore. He <laughs> used to. Uh, no, he's talking about Charles Colomb. Okay. So it, it's out of pity and, maybe, <laughs> and because Ashley insisted that he pick me up, that Caesar is going to throw me a bone and grab me from uh, daughter, number two, uh, daughter number two's house. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> that explains everything. But I'm. But but he has to pick her up from the area uh, from LaGuardia in New York. H- how far is that? Uh, New York to Boston is uh, three hours, two and a half hours. Right. He's saying it's out of pity. Okay. It is out of pity. Yes. So, right. uh, because I was pleading and begging with someone to 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 give me a ride. To call Brother Andre up and say you you must know someone (laughs) is flying into Boston on Thursday, and he goes, "Well, Charles Colomb is," and I went, "Um, "Charles doesn't have a car; he's coming from Austria." (laughs) Is Charles based permanently in Austria these days? Now he uh, last time I talked to him, he told me after he graduated after he graduated that he was going to return to the states, but. Um, maybe he likes it in Austria. He certainly doesn't want to return to Los Angeles. Okay. Well, is he a German speaker? Charles speaks German. and Well, you were there as Shivania. He speaks German and French. I, well, speak German. But, but, but yeah. he... Um, um, supposedly, I haven't heard his French. I've heard his German. Uh, he speaks Canadian French, which I guess has a <laughs> a colloquial accent to it. I don't know. Well, apparently, to an to um a French person, it's it's equivalent to um an English person speaking with a Mancunian accent, now, with a Manchester accent. Now, speaking of accents, I had an Italian on my show last Friday, and mm-hmm. I asked him how to pronounce pizza. And he said, yeah. tell Fiorella she's wrong. It's pizza, not pizza. <laughs> in Malta, we call it pizza. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't right. invented in Malta. It was invented in Italy, wasn't it? Well, yes, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious okay. that, uh, that we have these, uh, these unique little pronunciations. I don't think... But which bit of Italy is he from? Maybe it's regional. It, well, I mean, if you were to come... If you were to come to the United States, uh, you familiar with Alexis de Tocqueville? No. Okay, so Alexis de Tocqueville was a French noble, and uh, he was intrigued by the growth of uh, the United States in the early part of the 19th century. So and of course France was struggling mightily with yeah. uh, with with democracy as we call it, and it wasn't working out very well. So he wanted to see 
why the why he was hearing all these great all these wonderful stories, and why were ten, ten, tens upon tens of thousands of former citizens of various countries in Christendom, including Ireland, Italy. Uh, and his own beloved France. Why were they leaving? Why, why, why were they going to this United States place? We wanted to find out why. So he got on a boat and he came here, and he and he and he lived here for I, I, I forget how many years. Um, the book is called Alexis de Tocqueville Across America. He literally just had people like Cesare drive him out of pity from one town to the next, and he would find a place to stay, and he would interview. The regular people that lived in each town, uh, he would put the interviews in his diary, and then when he got back to France, he wrote a book about it. Wow. Yes, and uh, the, the the one of the things that that he saw that he did not see in in France, or or that had kind of vacated the scene in France, is <laughs> he saw that in the United States. That because there were still when he came there were still territories. Okay, the entire mm-hmm. continent was not the United States. It wasn't a union of states. There were territories, and mm-hmm. he was amazed at the idea of little R Republican government that these people were actually like governing themselves and weren't being uh, didn't uh, and weren't being uh, uh, didn't have orders being barked at them from some place uh, central location uh, far 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 away. And that they were actually practicing self-government. So that's pretty much the thesis of his book. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but he also found that there was all these colloquial accents that no one sounded the same. Yeah. Well, initially, I will say, um, in answer to the how do you pronounce pizza, pizza, whatever, um, there was an experiment done by an English linguist. He went round Italy asking wh- what they call 20 different words. And he wouldn't say, you know, how do you call coffee where you are? Mm-hmm. He'd say, what do you call that brown drink, hot drink you put in a little cup? And he tried this with 20 different words. The only word that was universal throughout Italy and Sicily was espresso. Every single other word... Uh, had multiple different ways of either completely different words or completely different. And what were the words? Well, just just a whole a whole range, you know, food and drink and things like that. But the only word that was the same was espresso. So, so the coffee. The words, you're saying even, espresso. Yeah. Coffee, um, but the point, yeah, yeah. The point, the point he made was that um, even somewhere like Italy, which you think of, you think of Italian as being fairly homogenous, actually isn't. No, no, the no. English, it's, we know, has so many. Yeah. Well, no, no, because you have your shires, you have Yorkshire, Berkshire, and uh, all your shires, mm-hmm. Devonshire, uh, Lincolnshire. Uh, how many? You have you have what twelve shires? Um, no, it's more, um, the, the counties are, are bigger because not every county ends in Shire. Sure. Okay, so you have all your shires, um, but and people don't if, 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 if they look at Italy on the map, they go, like, "I like me some Italian food, man. I like that pizza. I like me some uh, mm-hmm. some spaghetti." Uh, that's not Italian. You look at Italy on a map; it's broken up into the, uh, a dozen or so regions now. Florence mm-hmm. is a region. Milan is a region. Genoa is a le- is a re- 
Florida is a region. Rome is a region. Sicily is a region. Kind of like in France, you have Bordeaux, you have you have uh, Vendée, you have Marseille, you have uh, Bretagne, you have Normandy. Um, you have you have regions. So old Europe, and you know, in Switzerland, they have preserved this beautifully. There are forty-three oh, the cantons. Yeah, the can. There are forty-three Swiss cantons, and they are mm. fiercely, fiercely guard their independence. Yep. Oh yes. Um, no, there's. Uh, bear in mind, you know, we have to remember somewhere like Italy and, or in, and also Germany, they only became unified countries in the 1870s. At, at um, the, so, at the, but with the abolition of the papal states. Yeah. Um, and th- how's that working out for actually, Europe, by the way? <laughs> well, the, the one of the well, how is it working for Italy? More to the point. Um, some argue that, in fact, Italy was a lot more successful when it was split into city-states. Absolutely. Um, Did you but, know yeah, that at the time of our Lord's birth, that there were between what we call Italy today and Greece, there were over 1,200 identifiable republics? I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't know that, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, of course, the Roman Empire had consolidated many of them and claimed that it owned them or ruled them, right? Um, but in Greece alone, uh, I, I, you look at an, an ancient map of Greece, it's broken into, I mean, each town is its own little polity. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I've just been reading a book, in fact, about, it was talking about the benefits of small government. You'll, you'll like it. So I'm, I'm going to review it soon. What's it, who wrote it? It's called Life After the State. It's by um, a comedian, in fact, called Dominic Frisbee. <laughs> Is it a comedy? No, I mean, it's, it's got a light-hearted tone to it at times, but no, I mean, he's not laughing. I'll um, tell you, one of the most brilliant uh, American authors uh, still alive today is Bill Kaufman. And Bill Kaufman wrote a book called Bye Bye Miss American Empire. Um, and he's funny. He's a really funny guy, kind of like in the same... Uh, prob- I bet you it's... Very similar to the book that you're reading. Mm. And um, it, it basically, it is a, uh, it's a why, uh, it's, a, it, it's a why the states should become independent. It used to be called, Ronald Reagan used to say that the states were laboratories of, uh, of democracy. And right. that's why you would leave the states to do do what they do. And in only very rare instances did you want the central federal monster to mess with it, right? You don't want Downing, 10 Downing Street, barking out orders to Walsingham. Well, this is, this is exactly what this author is arguing. Well, I think it's coming around. And I think that mm-hmm. uh, with all the wars and the corruption and, and the, in, the iniquities of the distributions of wealth and all that, I think that this democracy thing, uh, the experiment of the last 150, 175 years, is coming to is going to come to a crashing, a, a crashing end. Uh, by the way, should we share with our audience that you and I did our first read through of the summons today? Yes, indeed, I think we should. And um, I think we had a very, we had a, you and I had a very rather good rapport. Yeah, works. It was almost like we were thespians. Have you been working on your English accent? Uh, no, I just talk to you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I hear you talk and I mimic you. And I go, she, and you ask Maggie, you'll say something and I'll repeat it back. <laughs> and I, right, okay. <laughs> it's just, it, it's just because I'm charmed by your accent. Um, oh, so you're, I'm your voice coach. So you I'm are my voice coach. You are my Gosh. voice coach, yes. We, oui, we, oui, madame. <laughs> How's the French going? Uh, très bien. I, uh, I I can watch French. Uh, I can watch French. Uh, I can watch French movies, and Good. I can pick out some of what it is that they're saying. The thing that's really difficult for me: the French speak so fast and so sloppily. Like even yeah. the ones that, that deliver the lessons, I'm like, that's not what you said, dude. You did not pronounce that word. And I'll you know, and in Duolingo, you can slow it down. Yes. So even when I yes, even when I slow it down, someday and and French has some nuances to it that they don't explain to you. For example, if a if say you say the term "c'est bon," it is good, right? Say it is. If a word word that begins with a vowel is the next word, then you just combine the two, and they do it all the time. C'est on. I, I yeah. said, say on, it, it is a, right? Say ton chat. It is a yeah. cat. So they just combine it. They just run together. They don't explain this to you. But if you yeah. read it, <laughs> if you read it, you know, you got six words in there for a two-word sentence, which sounds like to them two words. So to me, that's the difficulty of it. I, I get all the vocabulary. I can pronounce all the words. I ace the, 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 the spoken parts of the test. I ace all of them. Um, it is in it is in listening to the teachers or to the the lectures, if you will, <laughs> trying to pick out what the the, the combination of words and vowels. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard um, part. Well, I think you know the, getting those nuances and things. That's the hardest part about learning a language. But stick at it because it seems like it's going well. No, it is, and it, it it's uh, it's it's enjoyable. It's 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 fun to learn. Believe it or not, you right. people, yeah. it it is it is enjoyable. So it's just good to learn language. It is. It is. Um, I am uh, 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 leaving for Boston today. Uh, no mm -hmm. one volunteered to, uh, to, to fill in. I asked four people. I got four rejections. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, you'll be on tape uh, for the until next Wednesday, until one week from today. So I will see you then, and then we show. Uh, um, I think it's good to 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 read the the summons before uh, the show because uh, I'm not distracted by what I have to do the rest of the day. And, so is there is there no early show next week either? No, no, you no, no, absolutely, you're on. Oh no, I'm on. Okay, so yes, yes. I was on tape. Okay, yes, yes, right. I'm just okay. not here. All right, okay, we'll we'll man the fort. Don't worry. Uh, uh, everyone just li everyone listen to the early show. I'm the live bit. Yes, we'll select some uh, very extraordinary and unexpected best ofs for the uh, for the four days, uh, or okay. worst of, depending on whose side you're on. Yeah. So that um, uh, uh, that uh, will uh, that will happen next week, and uh, we'll look forward to. And by the way, that 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 girl, that young lady who you saw, who is taking uh, the habit with our mm. the sisters of Our Lady of Ephesus in Gower, Missouri. Uh, we really did. I mean, I saw, I knew that little girl since 2012. So I've known her for over a decade. And, her, and, and uh, her two older brothers, Luke and Andrew, both serve altar. Andrew is a crack MC, 
And if I had to pick one of them, I'd say, if not both of them, I'd say that Andrew is going to is going to be Father Andrew someday, or Father Augustine, or whatever name he takes. Um, that is the importance of bringing your children up as Catholics in the church and getting them involved, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, it just. Uh, Philip was talking about this earlier. Bring your kids to the St. Benedict's Center. Let them hang out with the sisters and the brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really important. It, it is, yes, I think it's one of the most important things right now. Um, yeah. and, uh, and and he's right. The Institute for Christ the King, they don't know what to do because they have so many young men that want to enter seminary now, uh, and the school is just not big enough. Well, I tell you, there's so many emptying out monasteries and convents. I think they could probably take their pick, couldn't they? Well, they they have taken one. They took over oh. uh, St. Walburgers in, uh, okay, it's about 40 miles, it's about 30 miles north and northeast up the Thames uh, from London. Oh, um, St. Walburgers, that's Preston, isn't it? Walburgers? Yes, yes, Preston. Yes. They've been there. And, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad they did that because that's a very, very old church. They took over the school, and- too. The Jesuits built that. And yeah. when the supremacy laws were rebuilt, the Jesuits built that church. And mm. did you, do you know the story about the bell tower? No. Okay, so they wanted the Anglicans in London there just to rub their, their, their just, to, mm-hmm. just to rub their noses in it. They built the bell tower tall enough so you can see it from Westminster Abbey. Right. It's three hundred and ten feet tall, and you wonder, like, why? Why? Why is the bell tower so tall here? It's so they could see it from the doors of Westminster Abbey. Yeah. So, uh, um, yes, and they took over the school there, too. No, I'm so glad they were able to do that because Preston traditionally was a very Catholic part of England. That's where my husband's family were from. And um, the idea of that church closing caused so much heartache uh, because it's such an old church. And it was paid for by the you know the pennies of the poor people of Preston. Yeah, it uh, was going so- to – now, when Maggie and I were there in 2018 – uh, it was going to take three, uh, three and a half million dollars just to root out and get rid of the mildew, yeah, and to redo the the, the parts of the inside that needed to be done. They were bringing uh, wood burning stoves in there for mass in the winter because it was so cold. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So, but that's what the institute does. They mm. find those old, beautiful churches, and they just then they revive them. They did it in Sulphur, Louisiana, here with the Oratory to St. Francis of the Sales. Yeah, no, it's it's so important. Well, I will. Uh, uh, yeah. au, au revoir, Madame. A bientôt. Au revoir and safe travels, please. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, and uh, God bless all of you. And Mary, uh, uh, keep you, and uh, good luck at the skating competition on your birthday. Uh, thank you, and check out the chat room for a comment about the donations. Um, it is 34 minutes past the hour. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at CrusadeChannel.com and the stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at CrusadeChannel.com forward slash chat. I will now leave you with the King Dude, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Music